Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. And I hope you'll give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including uh, Dr. Susan Wilson. She is the head of the Two Mine I'll call her the founder of the Two Mine Fund, doing great work in Tanzania. We also have with us William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute, and Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and author of many books, uh, his latest, written by uh, Buzz Aldrin and him, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. Let's start off with Dr. Susan Wilson. Again, here from Tanzania, doing God's work, honest to God, in Tanzania. Dr. Wilson, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's always such a delight to speak to you, and I must thank you. Um, I've been keeping up with you. Actually, it's two years since I've been here because of COVID, and uh, I've been keeping up with events and Floridian news and, and wider news in the U.S. from from your website, well, from from your broadcast. So it's been really, I feel that I've heard from you all of this time, but thank you so much for what you do and for keeping me up to date. Oh, it's my pleasure, uh, Dr. Wilson. And I must say, uh, I think this celebrates about 10, 12, 14 years that uh, you've been on the show annually, except for last year, of course, because of COVID. So it's great to have you back. I admire the work that you're doing so much. It's called the Two Mine Fund. Uh, as I recall, you went to uh, Tanzania and discovered that there were thousands of orphans uh, that uh, had no care. They did. But, well, maybe you could just tell us the story and the little background about uh, your arrival in Tanzania and starting the Two Mine Fund. Well, thank you, Bob. Um, so the, the story all began in 2003. Uh, no, it didn't. Two Mine started in 2003. 2001. My husband and I, who are both medical doctors, had a sabbatical from the family practice that we work in in Guernsey in the Channel Islands, just off the UK. Um, we get one of these sabbaticals every 10 years, and we had four months, and we up to do a locum in a mission hospital in Tanzania in an area called Kagira, which was on the border of Rwanda and Burundi. And so we went there to work in this mission hospital. It was very challenging, but very rewarding. But while we were there, we were aware of vast numbers of orphans. And what had happened was that during the genocide in Rwanda and Burundi, the civil wars there, when the, the men that had lost those wars spilled over the border into this part of Tanzania, they attacked the women and girls down to girls of 12 years old, and the women contracted AIDS from them. And AIDS went up from 2.8% to um, 28%, mm. so that we reckoned that every third woman we delivered in the hospital had AIDS. At that time, there were no ARVs, uh, no AIDS treatment. So these women were going to die and often died soon after the stress of childbirth. The baby had a one in three chance of having AIDS um, and that baby was going to be orphaned. And then all the other children that woman might have had and her husband was often dead already. Mm. So we just saw many, many orphans. And the, the area is about the size of southwest Florida. Um, they reckoned that there were 
between 100 and 200,000 orphans at that time. Mm. And a kind of moving experience I had one day, I went to visit an orphan-headed family, went into a valley um, to see these children and just saw all afternoon nothing but children, children with children on their backs, children holding the hands of other children, looking for food, looking to try and survive because all the adults in that clan had been wiped out by AIDS. So when I came back to the UK, I tried to find a, a charity um, that would take on this work. And after six months of trying ever so hard and not finding anyone, after yet another rejection, because people have got their own five-year plans and it just didn't fit in, right. um, I put the phone down and said, Father, someone has to help these children. And it, I didn't have a sudden revelation. There wasn't any writing on the wall. But I just thought in the days to come, well... You and Dougie, my husband, are um, doctors, got a reasonable, uh, a lovely disposable income. Let's um, support maybe 12 or 20 children through education. And I thought, well, maybe some folk from our church or from our clinic might help. Um, we could maybe, you know, perhaps support 50. So I went back in January 2003, so nearly 20 years ago now, not quite. Um, and, you know, because of the Lord Jesus, because of God's great plan, um, he linked me up with other people, including the lovely people here in Naples, Florida. And um, I just got the figures before I came away. We're now supporting over 52,000 orphans. Mm. 52,000 orphans. Unbelievable. Now, and when you're talking about supporting, I mean, uh, these are this is the poorest area of Tanzania, as I understand it, uh, literally uh can't go to school because they don't have school uniforms, no water, you have to, no wells. It was a very desperate situation. So tell us a little bit about the projects that you've created in order to support these orphans. Um, well, so we just started very simply, and, you know, we're just offering support to these children to get to school because, as you say, they needed school uniforms, books and pencils, which wasn't too expensive. And I remember in 2000 and. Uh, 2005, we started reasoning that our children were doing very well at elementary school, but didn't have the resources to go on to secondary school. So the, my co-workers there said, well, look, we've got these children. We really would like to pay um, for them to go to secondary school. And there were 155 children. I thought, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get money for 155 um, and I thought, you know, if we send them this year, we'll have to pay, the, pay for them next year and then there'll be more children. Well, the next year there were 550. I can really say the Lord provides Jehovah Jireh. And um, this year we're looking for funds. We've got to get these funds in place by Easter um, for 12,000 orphans going wow. to secondary school. What we really need is um, $10 worth of books per child that enable those children to get to school. So $10 doesn't sound much, but when you have 12,000 orphans to find books for, that's a, a ticket of $120,000. But we're working our way through it, and I know that the folk in, in um, Florida will be very generous, and they'll play their part, and we'll get these children all you know, securely in school. As you said, we have many other things. I mean, we see the children through secondary school, through high school. We've got maybe about 200. Um, I haven't got my final figures yet, but that's what I'm expecting in university this year. 
um, our, wow. our work in Tanzania now, um, after this time, after all this time, is run five out of our six leaders, our former orphans, who we've trained to degree level, who want to, who wanted to come back and help us, and they're now leading the work. They know what it's like to be an orphan. They've got great hearts. They're very committed. They work horribly long hours and to carry this work through. As you say, we build houses when the widows' houses are derelict. Um, and lots of funds come from that from um, To Money Funds USA. It's $2,000 to build a three-roomed house, mm. really nice house. Maybe not Gordon Drive, but certainly a very, very lovely house by local standards. And then um, we, we dig wells, which is $3,000 to bring... And instead of horrible, muddy surface water that the children are drinking and dying of typhoid, to Money Funds USA have sponsored hundreds of wells which bring clean water to these children. And I must do a big thank you to Rotary Club. The Rotaries in Naples, Florida have provided a huge um, safe water project with to Money Fund as a, a kind of cooperating partner and is bringing safe and healthy water to 20,000 um, people and that's due to the rotaries um, in Naples, Florida. So thanks to everyone. Well, and thank you, Dr. Susan Wilson. Thank you and your husband again, uh, taking a, a sabbatical four months and ending up but devoting your life to the well-being of these orphan children. I must say that they, they, they are uh, uh, this age cohort; these children are growing now and uh, getting schooling and uh, getting even going off to the university, as you pointed out. Uh, are there more killed kids coming along? Or how's, in other words, I guess I'm asking, are there more orphans developing, or is this a problem that can be solved over time? Well, Bob, um, it's impossible to say because there's no, um, there's no um, register of births and deaths in Tanzania. Uh, but the thing is, we've got 300 parish workers um, scattered through this area of southwest Florida kind of site, um, and they look after between two and four villages and there are ears on the ground our hands and feet i think the hands and feet of jesus really and um so they let us know when there are orphans and widows that aren't supported and um so i don't know we reckoned 100 to 200,000 originally um you know a lot of those have grown up the aids is being treated now so i wouldn't expect that there'd be so many orphans as there were then um, but I'm, I know there are more. Um, I just heard of a, a lady who died today when I picked up my emails and our workers are going out to sort out help for those children. So the mission of Tumaini is to carry on in Kagira to pick up every orphan that needs support, a decent house, decent clothes, schooling. And um, and that's the, that's the aim there. And then to create a template that other places, you know, using a small, a relatively small amount of money for all of these children, because they're not in orphanages. We care for them in homes, in their villages. Yeah. And, and to use this template, other people could come and see what we're doing and use it in other places. That's that's the kind of ultimate vision, I, I hope, I pray. Yeah. Well, and uh, we should let our listeners know that, uh, first of all, there's an event uh, at uh, t- tomorrow night, actually, uh, at where you will be featured as the guest speaker. It's also for the benefit of the Two Mine Fund. There's also a silent auction going on that people can participate. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yes, well... Um yeah, there's a, a wonderful event that the team here have arranged at the Wonder Gardens, um, at Bonita, 
Um, it's a Tumaini safari. We're going to have African dancers and African drumming and wonderful food from artichoke. And it's going to be great. An open bar, not for me. I never drink when I'm on duty. Um, but um, lovely entertainment, a, a live auction, silent auction, paddle rays. Um, and you can find out more about it. I would say, you know, probably got as, as many people as we were planning, but if anyone else would like to come, I know we can find a seat for you. And if you visit our website at tumainifundusa.org and then forward slash events, if you want to find out about the, the Tumaini Safari, but also there's a way there if you go onto the website for um, how, to, how to give money if you can't attend. And we would, we would you know, love for you to help us and join with us in this act of kind of mercy. And, and you'd be so welcome. Absolutely. And again, Tumaini spelled T-U-M-A-I-N-I, T-U-M-A-I-N-I, Tumaini Fund USA.org is the website. Check it out. So interesting. And again, live, uh, a silent auction going on right now. Uh, ends tomorrow night at 8 o'clock, but also a great opportunity. And uh, Dr. Wilson says, if you want to attend, we'll, we'll figure out a way to find you a chair so uh, you could f- check out the, uh, the Safari Gala fundraiser tomorrow night at the, the, uh, in Bonita Springs. Dr. Wilson, I just generally, first of all, just consider your friendship so important to me and the great work that you're doing in the world is just wonderful. And genuinely, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. And I hope I'll be able to speak to you again next year if you invite me. And um, I'll let you know how many more orphans we've got on board. Thanks. In okay. large part to the great generosity of the American people. So, so grateful. Okay, thank you, Dr. Wilson. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to have uh, more. We're going to be speaking with uh, William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Uh, this segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Okay, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Mm. 
Higher Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way towards keeping seniors connected in the community and with each other. Serving all of Collier County, the Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding resources and services that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers, empowering seniors to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Programs are offered free of charge in a safe, welcoming space and focus on fellowship, enrichment and wellness, continuing education, and meeting basic needs through offerings such as daily hot lunch, health screenings, and counseling services. So whether you're looking for referrals to services or a vibrant place to make friends, enjoy community support, or learn something new, Collier Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center is your Collier Senior Center. To learn more about programs and services, please visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4534. That's 252-3534. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform, and I hope you'll check it out. You can download the app and find out more by visiting choicesocial.us. Sorry about the sound. I'm uh, adjusting it. <laughs> Got new equipment right here, and uh, we're fixing it on the fly. So uh, anyhow, we're, we're monitoring it, and I hope uh, it's uh, convenient and comfortable for you. Now, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston. Right now, uh, we're uh, celebrating the fact it's February the 11th, and on this day in 1990, Nelson Mandela, leader of the mo uh, movement to end South African apartheid, was released from prison after 27 years on February the 11th, 1990. Contrary to his claims, of course, uh, Joe Biden was not there to greet Mandela upon his release. In 1944, Mandela, a lawyer, joined the African National Congress, ANC, the oldest black political organization in South Africa, where he became a leader of the Johannesburg Youth Wing of the ANC. In 1952, he became deputy national president of the ANC and advocating the nonviolent resistance to apartheid, South Africa's institutionalized system of white supremacy and racial segregation. However, after a massacre of peaceful black demonstrators at Sharpsville in 1960, Nelson helped organize a parliamentary branch of the ANC to engage in guerrilla warfare against the white minority government. In 1961, he was arrested for treason, and although acquitted, he was arrested again in 1962 for illegally leaving the country. Convicted and sentenced to five years at Robben Island Prison, he was put on a trial again in 1964 on charges of sabotage. In June 1964, he was convicted along with several other ANC leaders and sentenced to life in prison. He spent the first 18 of his 27 years in jail at the brutal Robben Island Prison, confined to a small cell without a bed or plumbing. He was forced to do hard labor at a quarry. He could write and receive a letter once every six months, and once a year he was allowed to meet with a visitor for 30 minutes. However, Mandela's resolve remained unbroken, and while remaining the symbolic leader of the anti-apartheid movement, he led a movement of civil disobedience at the prison that coerced South African officials into drastically improving conditions on Robben Island. He was later moved to another location where he lived under house arrest. In 1989, F.W. de Klerk 
became South African president and set about dismantling apartheid. De Klerk lifted the ban on ANC and suspended executions and in uh, 1990 ordered the release of Nelson, Nelson Mandela. He subsequently led the ANC in its negotiations with a minority government for the end to apartheid and the establishment of a multiracial government. In 1993, Mandela and de Klerk were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. One year later, the ANC won an electoral majority to the country's first free elections, and Mandela was elected South Africa's president. He retired from politics in 99, but remained a global advocate for peace and social justice until his death in 2013. What an amazing man, if you can imagine, to have that kind of influence, life in prison, and yet changed South Africa politics for the better. Unfortunately, Mandela was also an avowed communist, and uh, the effects of uh, his politics still have impact on what's happening in South Africa today. Certainly a great man, great resolve. Unfortunately, in some cases, based on his politics, his ladder was leaning against the wrong wall, quite frankly, and uh, uh, the people in South Africa are suffering the consequences of that. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to move away from the, the, uh, some of the policies that are putting South, South Africa in trouble. Well, uh, just think about this in juxtaposition to what we just talked about with Mandela. The Biden administration reportedly urged Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to use federal powers to quell the truck blockade that has halted the flow of auto parts on the Ambassador Bridge. For the last four days, the Canadian Freedom Convoy protests have blocked traffic on the main thoroughfare connecting Windsor, Ontario, uh, to Detroit, forcing auto parts and plants in both countries to either shut down or slow production due to the delay in part deliveries. The White House said Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> two pillars of strength, uh, spoke with their Canadian counterparts and urged them to help resolve the standoff, reported the Associated Press. Well, a federal government official said that they're not ruling out any options, the official spoke on condition of anonymity, of course. The bridge carries 25% of all trade between the United States and Canada. Effects of blockades were immediately felt by the automakers and Midwest economies. Ford said its Windsor engine plant reopened Thursday after being shut down on Wednesday because of a lack of parts, but the factory and company's assembly plant in Oakville, Ontario, near Toronto, was operating at reduced capacity. On the U.S. side, GM sent the first shift home two hours early on Thursday. Heavy-duty pickup truck plant uh, uh, due to parts shortages. Stellantis cut uh, short the first shift Friday as its Jeep plant in uh, Toledo, Ohio, because of short uh, parts shortage. Honda will temporarily re uh, stop production on one assembly line because of what's happening with the truckers. Both Mich uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer and the Teamsters Union have denounced the blockades. It's hitting paychecks and production lines. That's unacceptable, said Whitmer. Uh, Whitmer, of course, ironically, exactly the type of federal powers that Justin Prudeau uh, employee to stop the blockade was not detailed, though the prime minister said that military remains off the table for the time being. Local tow truck companies have refused to cooperate with authorities. Good for them. Trudeau's remained firm in his commitment to continuing the vaccine mandates and coronavirus protocols as several provincial premiers have decided to scale back uh, restrictions.
Canadians have the right to protest, to disagree with the government, and to make their voices heard. We'll always protect that right, Trudeau tweeted on Thursday. But let's be clear, they don't have the right to blockade our economy or our democracy or our fellow citizens' daily lives. It has to stop. Well, uh, Premier Trudeau, how, how do they go about getting your attention if they don't have some sort of impact on what's going on? This is just an amazing story. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Conservative Ontario Premier Doug Ford has moved to cut off funding for the protests through the site Give, Send, Go after crowdfunding site uh, GoFundMe was shut down. Uh, Give, Send, Go tweeted on Thursday, Know this, Canada has zero jurisdiction over how we manage our funds here at Give, Send, Go. All funds for every campaign on Give, Send, Go flow directly to the recipients of those campaigns, not the least of which is the Freedom Convoy campaign. So uh, they're going to get their money. The message is simple. Reopen the traffic bridge, said Whitmer in a press release. Now, here's the woman who had the draconian uh, measures in place for all Michiganders. But irrespective now, she's uh, saying we, you're hurting our economy. Well, how about the freedom that these people are fighting for? seems to me that Justin Trudeau could simply say, you know, you guys have a point. We understand what you're saying. Like other provinces in Canada, we're going to go ahead and cooperate and uh, end the mandates. That would be the simple solution. But uh, he th refers to them as Nazis, as uh, domestic terrorists. And, of course, I think our, our own president would probably agree. It's so unfortunate. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with a William Yateman Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor.
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. It's going to be absolutely beautiful, but currently providing wonderful professional New York-style theater at its very best, and you can get tickets now by visiting the website gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Professor Larry Bell, a dad professor at the University of Houston. Right now we have with us William Yateman, research fellow, at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure. William, tell us about the Cato Institute. You bet. We're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website. I hope you check it out. C-A-T-O dot org. So uh, for these last uh, many months, we've been talking about what's happening on Capitol Hill Maybe you can bring us up to date on what's going on now with uh, some of the build back. <laughs> I saw a sign, apparently a protester saying, build, build crack better. <laughs> you bet. Um, these days, actually, it's, it's being uh, referred to on Capitol Hill. Again, it's build back never. Um, I'm pleased to report along these lines that the relationship between Senator Manchin, who's again that, that crucial vote in the for the Democratic caucus in the Senate, and uh, Senate Majority Leader Schumer is reportedly at its nadir, that it's never been worse. Um, and this is a function both of uh, kind of a lack of trust, again, reportedly, in the wake of the failure of the Build Back Better Act and the Voting Rights Act, um, but also due to different priorities. Uh, as we've mentioned a number of times on you know these calls, uh, Manchin is laser-focused on the alarming increase in inflation, mm. um, and he ties that directly to excessive government spending, which, you know, that is just antithetical to uh, the Schumer's progressive priorities when it comes to spending money. Um, so uh, they're, they're a bit at loggerheads, and, and certainly for that marquee legislation, you know, the, the Biden priority, the Build Back Better Act, that's on the way, way back burner. Um, and it, it, it certainly jeopardizes kind of any uh, major progressive pushes, you know, through the 117th Congress. Well, they're talking about, uh, you know, uh, de- uh, de- deconstructing Build Back Better, putting some of these uh, progressive uh, uh, initiatives into other bills, trying to cloaking them uh, kind of a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, so to speak. Uh, do you see any, any future in that? It's possible. So I, too, have read those reports, um, you know, again, of, of taking uh, uh, portions of the bill mm-hmm. that perhaps everyone can agree on. Um, it, it's still, I would say, a very long shot. And that's, you know, it, it's the calendar at play here. You know, we've got the elections coming up. And again, just as a logistical matter, um, they've put this on the, the back burner of the calendar. So, so they're taking on that anti, the, the so, so-called competition bill. Um, they've got the Supreme Court nomination coming up. And again, with each passing day, we're getting closer to the election, and they want to spend more, or you know, they being uh, politicians on Capitol Hill, want to spend more and more time um, in their districts or states campaigning. So yeah. it's, uh, I would say that that is certainly the optimistic case being projected by 
um, progressive special interests, but I'm not sure if I see it happening, just given the reality of the congressional calendar. Well, that's reassuring. I agree with that uh, assessment, but uh, thank you for that, William. That's, but they did uh, kind of pull off something that's kind of, uh, I'll call it bipartisan, a stopgap funding deal. Indeed, this is a so the the government funding was uh, uh, going to run out on February 18th or would, and uh, uh, as we spoke last week, the House was working on a stopgap funding bill, and they passed it this week that would uh, fund the government through March 11th. Um, I'll note this: these stopgap funding bills they do redound to Republicans' benefit. Mm-hmm. And that's because the priorities of these spending bills, as long as they're just passing these continuation measures, um, these are the priorities that were established during the Trump administration. So the Republican priority. Um, that said, uh, I guess along these lines, there were reports this week that there had been a, a so-called breakthrough between Republicans and Democrats uh, in the Senate regarding a long-term spending bill that evidently would reflect some sort of compromise between the parties um, uh, regarding uh, sort of their respective spending priorities, you know, the military for GDP and and social spending measures for um, progressives. But there's been no details on that whatsoever. Um, And I should note this as well. While all this negotiation about spending is going on, um, our national debt did just pass $30 trillion, which is one heck of a number. And, and I do hope between that and the kind of the, the inflation numbers we've been seeing that perhaps it, it lends impetus to an effort by the members of Congress to actually get our fiscal budget in order. Well, there's going to be some financial pain involved in that. Yesterday, of course, the market got creamed, and that's because of the announcement that we probably see some interest rate hikes because of the uh, runaway inflation, highest in 32 years, Uh, but a topic for perhaps a different discussion. Uh, Before I do let you go, uh, William, I do want to get an update on your thoughts on uh, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court nominee, and uh, what's going on. Oh, you bet. The, uh, um, the, I guess the news this week was Biden's, uh, he spoke with NBC's Lester Holt, and he said that he's, he's narrowed it down to, quote, about four candidates. <laughs> so it's, it's not quite sure what that, that uh, necessarily entails precisely. Um, but nevertheless, there report the FBI has been interviewing uh, the candidates that are widely known to be in the mix. Um, uh, Michelle Childs, Kentaji Brown-Jackson, and Leandra Kruger. Um, I guess the other big news this week is division amongst uh, within the Democrat caucus in Congress and amongst progressives over the potential pick. And that is to say that uh, the, the favorite, the moderate, the so-called moderate, um, Michelle Childs out of South Carolina, who is very much the favorite of Representative James Clyburn and Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, um, she's opposed by uh, union interests, by progressive um, labor interests, hmm. and who have been pressuring Senators Warren, Sanders, and uh, Tina Smith out of Minnesota um, to, to oppose her. And, and they've been unwilling to go on the record so far in support of her. So to the extent that uh, Biden's you know, historic announcement or whatnot, um, it, it, to date, it has not uh, curried any sort of unanimity within his own caucus. That's so interesting. Uh, so, did Biden really call Lester Holt a wise guy? <laughs> uh, uh, that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> but, yeah, 
Uh, unbelievable. It's just uh, incredible. Well, thank you for that update. It sounds like Charles might be the best candidate based on, uh, you know, if in fact uh, progressives like uh, the uh, unions don't like her, maybe maybe there's something something there. So, uh, <laughs> Indeed. Here, here. Well, and she does, I'll note this, she does enjoy the robust support of Senator Lindsey Graham, you know, he's a fairly staunch conservative, so, yeah. so that should not go for nothing. Absolutely. William Maitman, again, research fellow at the Cato Institute. I encourage you to visit the website, cato.org, C-A-T-O dot org. William, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, and Linda Harden, my wife, should be joining us as well. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden, my wife, also extremely knowledgeable and well-informed on what's happening around the globe in the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Back in business, right? <laughs> yeah, back in business. <laughs> She's referring to the fact that we've had some equipment failures and uh, finally got things kind of fixed up. I'm still adjusting uh, sound levels, so I hope it's 
uh, okay for you, the listener. But uh, anyhow, yes, we did get to get back, back on. Back in business. Back That's in good. business. Yeah, it is indeed. So uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on what's happening with, uh, well, last night we actually watched a, such an interesting Interesting interview with Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Tucker Carlson Today's show. It's a one-hour interview, and it was so interesting. I think you found it interesting as well. I I hung on his every word. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything he said. It was the best interview that Tucker Carlson, in my opinion, has done. Well, and he's done a lot of great ones. I mean, uh, Robert Malone is so interesting. He's one of the people who developed the mRNA, I think I'm technology. saying that, technology, technology. Uh, just extremely brilliant man. And uh, what, what was so interesting to me was that he admitted that he was, you know, he's he contributed to Obama. He contributed to Biden. He was he was uh, been a Democrat and and for so long. And he's been dragged kicking and screaming to say that he will never ever vote Democrat again. Yeah. Oh, well, he you know he's uh, been uh, maligned by the mainstream media. He's understood now that the the. Uh, press speaks out of both sides of its mouth. He was grateful. He expressed gratitude to Tucker Carlson uh, for giving him a voice and actually under- having a conversation as opposed to attacking him for his points of view. And to Glenn Beck and to Steve Bannon, who he never he thought, what am I doing going on those, those shows? Exactly. So uh, maybe for our listeners' benefit, I'm just going to encourage our listeners to go to uh, uh, Fox Nation, Fox, Fox Nation, or TuckerCarlson.com. Uh, TuckerCarlson.com, and take a look at the interview because it is really worth your time. It's about an hour, but uh, what is so controversial about him? That well, one thing he described was that he was looking at his back to see the tire, see if there were tire tracks by the, because the left has been throwing him under the bus every which way to Sunday. Yeah, the Department of Defense, which he which he has been closely aligned to has come up with those figures that he was were state, was stating last night was this a whistleblower who came out from the Department of Defense and showed how uh, cases of cancer, heart attacks, strokes have skyrocketed in this certain p- time period at, for, when the vaccines had been implemented. Right. It was just stunning. Right. It blew. I mean, it wasn't just... Five percent, ten percent. It was one thousand percent. Well, three hundred percent. Let me just say that I, I think it's pretty clear to me, and uh, perhaps to you as well, that uh, we've been lied to. That this whole th- process has been politicized. Unfortunately. Well, what uh, what what he said is that he said that, that our governing bodies have come off the rails. Yeah. Have, have come totally off the rails. He even expressed doubt in going back to a doctor again. Our medical. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? The, the medical community, the yeah. establishment. He's shocked at, at what they've uh, succumbed to. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's move to uh, the uh, truckers. Uh, my goodness, creating, uh, did I understand correctly? I think I saw a statistic that one in 10 employed in Canada are in the trucking business. I don't know about that, but but they're the new heroes of, of, of this day and age. I yeah. mean, they, they are on every network. The, of course, the left... And the mainstream media are demonizing them, saying that they're they're disrupting life, that they're causing all this mayhem, and they're not. Yeah. So the, it, just more and more lies from the left, but but they've got such a following now. And I was just listening to the uh, on Fox and Friends the possibility of a convoy going to the Super Bowl and surrounding SoFi Stadium for the Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be just interesting? Awesome. It, it would indeed. Yeah. Look, uh, th- there's two sides to this. Uh, f- first of all. 
Trudeau is calling them uh, Nazis and extremists and so forth, which they're not. Are they disruptive? You bet they are. They're going to disrupt the economy. They've already got shut down and uh, or slowed down work in terms of the automotive plants. Well, these plants have shut down for the rest. For the, well, it's Friday, but it, yeah. it, they shut down for the rest of the week. Yeah. So the point being is, isn't that how you get attention is to your cause? If they just just sit at home and say we're unhappy, that's not going to get it done. My my favorite part of the whole thing was that the the a judge in Ottawa or the Ottawa government or whatever said uh, that they would stop the money coming in from Gibbs and Go, which is a yeah. Christian American uh, uh, association. It's right. like uh, to donate to to causes. And Gibbs and Go pretty much told the Yeah, you the have no jurisdiction yeah, over Yeah, just us. go pound sand. <laughs> it's just like the money's still going to the, the truckers, which is so cool yeah so uh, what i appreciate about the truckers is they say look we want our freedom back this we're supposed to be free in canada we just want our freedom back we don't want uh, even though I, apparently 90 percent of the truckers have already been vaccinated they're basically saying you have no right to make these demands you'd have no right to have vas- vaccine passports mask mandates and so forth trudeau is just standing his ground i think he's i think Quite frankly, he's losing more and more support. He's backed into a corner because the other other uh, provinces in in Canada have yeah. lift, lifted their their mandate uh, instructions or their, their mandates, and he's backed into a corner. And he has no way. The truckers are going fine. You can have your, the everything back. We can loosen up. Just stop the mandates. It's that's easy. Right. It's easy. Just do that. And to, there's another person who's backed into a corner right now too. You think that's a uh, Joe, Biden. Joe Biden? Yep. Yep, he's backed into a corner, and he doesn't he doesn't know. Now he's just thrown his own uh, army officials under the bus with this Afghanistan thing. He's he's got his own set of of circumstances. All, it's so funny. Just to go to Joe Biden for a second, all these Democrat cities and and states are backing off of their mask mandates. Who's running around with a mask on in 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 the middle of, of going from from his airplane to his car? Joe Biden. Uh. He looks like an absolute. Fool. Well, and, and on, he had. This is unfortunate uh, for, to say this about an American president you know, of the United States, but he has uh, no influence with power. Quite frankly, uh, you know, we we suspect that he was not properly elected. Uh, there was cheating involved in the election. So now that he's serving as president. Uh, what did I see? I saw that about 25 people showed up to, to greet him when he went into... In the room, and I bet they were paid. Yeah. <laughs> he has no following whatsoever. And I think disdain on the part of the voters, when you take a look at the polls, it's, and these are usually Democrat-leaning polls, uh, they are just uh, very... 50, un- 56% of people polled said Joe Biden has done nothing for them. In, in his presidency, he's done nothing. In fact, he's made matters worse, which is stunning. It is stunning and, indeed. And by the way, he has no way, place to go but down. Well, and of course, now we're seeing a lot of the politicians on the Democrat side pivoting. They're trying to figure out how do we get. We're going to lose big in the 2022 midterm elections unless we get a new agenda here. Barack Obama's decided he's going to come in and help rebuild the brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... just what, what? So another good example was is Nancy Pelosi. Two weeks ago, she said, "Well, it's it's a free society. We live in a, a capitalistic system. We should be able to buy stocks, and the members of Congress should be able to buy and sell stocks and whatever." All of a sudden, this week, they're going. She's going. Nope, can't do that. Yeah, I know. Meanwhile, she's she is she has gained uh, so much money. She and her husband have gained so much money from doing that exact same thing. Which is the hypocrisy is 
mind-blowing. $200 million is just unbelievable. We're watching so much injustice. We're seeing American institutions, government institutions right now, uh, rather than serving, they're attacking the American people. It's so unfortunate right now. We're off the rails as a country. We need to get back in business. We need to, uh, we need to get, quite frankly, Donald Trump back in office. Well, which, which just brings us back to to Dr. Malone's interview with Tucker last night. He said that our, our, all of our government institutions are off the rails, and it's that so many of the people who are running states and whatever have bowed to this Klaus Schwab of yeah. the... Uh, um, Oh, great point. I'm happy you brought that up. But so, uh, it, l- listen, uh, we're doing a disservice to uh, the interview that Tucker Carlson did with uh, Robert Malone. It is Dr. Malone. You should absolutely go to Fox Nation or go to TuckerCarlson.com and watch the interview. It is well worth the time. I would almost want to watch it again just to just yeah. to. Well, let's do it. I know it was it was that good. Uh, I wish I, I wish you know he he mentioned Joe Rogan. That was the whole reason why Tucker Carlson had him on because of that blow up. What happened with Joe Rogan and how they're trying to put Joe Rogan, the podcast star, uh, head on the wall. Yeah, but but well, you know the big reveal yesterday is that uh, the guy that owns Spotify. Uh, is the also is a chief stockholder, uh, clear uh, major majority stockholder with Moderna. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so interesting. And, and what did he say? And uh, I mean, I know we're going over, but he said, he said it's it's not about it's not about the health of people. It's no. about power and, and money. money. Absolutely, Linda Harden. Again, always appreciate your most animated and interesting commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with. Uh, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. 
www.ghostofgod.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, the author of many books, his latest uh, co-authored with Buzz Aldrin, Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. Professor Bell, thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, thanks so much for having me on. Always a pleasure, Professor. should point out that you also write a column for Newsmax that's called On Point. Your latest was so fascinating. Biden Fed pick will plug fossil fuel finance pipeline. Uh, kind of scary proposition. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, Bob, you know, we see uh, so many of these appointments now that are coming out of the Biden administration and and we're dealing with many important issues. And most particularly, I think we're seeing inflation being a huge issue. And we look at the Federal Reserve's influence on interest and interest rates and so on and the spending. And, and then you connect that also with energy policy where you know, energy is one of those spiking elements in terms of inflation, and energy drives everything else. So you start connecting connecting these issues where these, employment, these appointments have a great deal of significance uh, to our quality of life, you know, our social structures, our economic systems, and so on. And it seems like we're getting so many activist uh, appointments that are being nominated by the Biden administration. And, and the case in point is uh, Sarah Raskin, who's former Obama financial regulator and very strong anti-fossil energy uh, nemesis, uh, being uh, nominated for the Federal Reserve's very powerful uh, chairwoman of supervision. And uh, and that's, a, that's a, a position that influences bank lending and, you know, and uh, private banking uh, activities. And we see now with BlackRock and uh, Mr. Fink and so on, and their their uh, emphasis on this uh, so-called ESG, you know, environmental social governance lending <clears throat> qualifications, to <clears throat> me, driving and you know, driving uh, central policy and. It's really not unlike what, we're, what we've witnessed in China, where you know your behavior scores affect um, you know whether you can put your kids in college or you ride you ride in a first class uh, cabin on a train or whatever. It's, it's this notion of of uh, combining uh, government ordained uh, social equity scores with uh, important policies like bank lending. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, 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 very dangerous. And uh, she's met before, you know, the 
members of Congress, and she said, well, I try to retract the things, many things she said very recently about, uh, you know, we really need to get rid of fossil energy and and so on. Uh, she's trying to walk that back, but you know, they, they try that, uh, but basically it's pretty hard to walk back uh, an ideology that served her for these many years. Absolutely. I mean, the Fed's supposed to be uh, nonpartisan, and, and uh, the role is basically to keep uh, employment going and, uh, and also to, to manage or keep inflation under control, which, quite frankly, is totally out of control. But uh, it doesn't sound like uh, she's uh, 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 the right person for the job. Is, she, is there resistance, or is she going to get through this, do you think? It's hard to say. I think there's a public awakening, the fact that inflation really is is a hot-button issue. I think if we look at issues that really drive uh, you know, the, you know, the public and the polls and the voting, uh, inflation is one that is uh, is really a tax because it affects everybody and disproportionately affects you know the, you know the, those who can least afford them and they see that at the gas pump and they see it in of course the groceries and what they pay for bacon and, and everything else so inflation's way up there and I think the profligate spending proposals. In the so-called build back better and so on. I think there, we've got some holdouts now on the Democrat side with Joe Manchin and 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 Cinema and so on that uh, have kind of held back the you know the the floodgates on that. So I think there's I think there's an awakening, and as we approach in the midterms, 2022, this this is something that's uh, resonating. I think also with the moderate Democrats. And mm. uh, so hopefully, hopefully that will happen. But it seems like we waste so much time having to fight these radical uh, uh, nominees for these offices. And, you know, you have to have to wonder why they would constantly reach into these radical ranks for their candidates uh, when basically they could find candidates that are going to be much more effective and I think much more useful to their goals of, of not losing the House and the Senate. I'm referring now to the mm-hmm. to the liberals. Uh, I, I think they're uh, I think they're pushing their luck. I do as well, and of course, that the, her confirmation is going to require a, a Senate confirmation. And uh, right now, Senator Lujan, I think, believe it's from New Mexico, has uh, had open heart surgery, as I understand it. So, or uh, had a stroke, so he's recovering from that. In the meantime, there is no uh, re- uh, Democrat majority in the Senate, so it could make things more difficult. We can only hope. I, I don't wish him any harm, or I hope he recovers quickly. But in spite of that. I certainly hope that people like uh, Raskin don't get through the the uh, approval process in the Senate because uh, we need to preserve our republic right now. Well, it's been a as you're mentioning, you know, it's it's, it's been a it's been a real uh, nail biter because we have a split split Senate and uh, you know the Congress we have a slight minority. Mm-hmm. I think that's likely to change, but. Uh, we have, then we have Kamala Harris as vice president as a tiebreaker. And as you, as you mentioned, the one senator 
problematically in terms of whether or not he will be able to return this, the Democrat to uh, fill out the Democrat ranks is is problematic. So I'm optimistic that I certainly certainly wish him well, but health wise, but I'm 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 optimistic that uh, you know we've so far held back some of these absolutely uh, uh, egregious bills that have been packed with pork and. Uh, and 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 I think the public's beginning to realize that you can't spend this all that money, and not have it drive inflation, yeah. and that inflation is is not a temporary thing. It's, I think it's something that's kind kind of like uh, COVID. It's endemic now. It's right. something that it's going to be very hard to push back, and that makes it makes the federal, you know, Federal Reserve role all the more important. It does indeed. Um, I think the Federal Reserve won't. You know, we need some structural changes that are more important than simply the Federal Reserve, but the Federal Reserve certainly has their thumb on the scale. Absolutely. Again, I'm going to refer our listeners to uh, Newsmax.com. The column is on point, written by Professor Larry Bell. I hope you'll take a look at it. Also, the book, co-authored by Buzz Aldrin, it's called Beyond Flagpoles and Footprints, Pioneering the Space Frontier. Uh, Check it out. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, I always enjoy it. Thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Hope you join us on Monday. We're going to visit with Mark Schulman and talk about current global events, and as well as uh, Larry Reed, endowed professor at the University of uh, excuse me, yeah, endowed, uh, I should say, Professor Emeritus at the universe, at, <laughs> at the Foundation for Economic Education. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>